Hello world, welcome back to FG Central. I am back, finally, Furious here. First and foremost, I am well aware that I did miss Thunderstruck V1 and I missed coverage for Southeast Asia majors. I wanted to do like go through the motion with that for you guys and get all the breakdowns and of every game and tournament, but I was just mad busy. And um, also, in addition to that, I also, went, once I realized that I wouldn't have the time, because remember, I do do these by myself, and, you know, I don't have a team yet, but the reason why I stay at it is literally for you guys. Thank you for all of you who've supported and followed on Twitter, and who follow and listen on Anchor or Stitcher or Radio Public, Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you guys listen. I appreciate it. Remember, it's at FG Central one on Twitter. And um, what else for you guys? Uh, FG Central one at gmail.com if you guys want to chop it up, so on and so forth. Okay, so, oh, the other reason. The other reason why is because I also, Canada Cup's coming up this weekend. And I wanted to kind of save once I realized I wouldn't be able to do Southeast Asia Majors. Um, they were both great tournaments, by the way. So definitely go check out Thunderstruck V1 and uh, Southeast Asia Majors. Um, we're nearing the finals here. Tekken 7 um, is coming up soon for their finals. And, of course, Capcom Cup. But those will be covered here on FG Central, of course. But I wanted to save all that energy for Canada Cup. You know, that's kind of what I wanted to do. And... You know, because Canada Cup's going to be big. I do know there's a third strike kind of main tournament there that I want to cover. I'm also going to be following closely Street Fighter V and Tekken 7 because we're nearing the finals for their uh, world tours. So I definitely want to make sure I have all that for you guys, okay? But today, we're just going to talk and have a little discussion. I think it's been a... Well, no, not really. I've been doing these a lot lately. Got to get back to the tournaments. That's what FG Central definitely is about. But I love these discussions with you guys. And um, I'm thinking about making some changes to the format of the show. Like, instead of just doing one game, maybe just talking about the big moments or the highlights of multiple games. And then I can cover more because I haven't covered Guilty Gear yet here, which I really want to. Blaze Blue, Dragon Ball Fighters. I'm, I'm shocked because that's been on my list so now because i spend so much time breaking down the top eight but people tell me they like the full breakdown so i either i need until i can get more of a team i might just do highlights and talk about results more and then i can get multiple games in and then make the discussions because there's so much going on in the fgc and just regards to the amount of fighting game content we have both tournament wise and just games wise so Maybe I'm considering talking about multiple games, doing the breakdowns in one episode, and then ending the episode with these discussions that people like, because people love the discussions as well. So, we'll see what happens there. It'll be a lot based on you guys' feedback and how you guys like the show. Do you guys like these full breakdowns, and then I can just do multiple episodes, but one episode for each game? Or are you okay with me breaking down multiple um, top eights and things in one episode and then ending it with a discussion. You guys let me know. 
what is it that you guys want? Because, I mean, I kind of do this for you guys. And then I'll adapt to whatever format and make sure I give you guys all the good shit for every tournament, you know, so we can talk about the players, talk about the games, you know, um, and have our own kind of home for this big world of the FGC portion of esports. I mean, I like, you know, knowing that there's a home, like kind of like a talk, like a sports talk uh kind of hub similar to like esports and all that. I meant to sports center and all that for fighting games. I mean the tournaments are great and it's nice that, you know, we can talk as a community about these uh these tournaments that we enjoy and just about the games in general. because uh, that's a big part of FG Central as well. So you guys let me know and we'll go from there. But today we're gonna be doing a lot of talking about two things specifically. As of me recording this, the patches out. For Street Fighter V, the input lag reduction patch, a big fucking deal. A huge fucking deal. People have been complaining about this shit for a long time. And we're going to talk about that and what that means now that that patches out. And then we're going to talk about Soul Calibur VI. Uh, a lot of you know that's my most anticipated game of 2018. Came out this past Friday that just passed. And I've been playing a shit ton of it. So we're going to talk about what I love, what I hate. Very few things, by the way, but they're big things. And we're going to get into the shit. So without further ado, let's do it. Okay, let's get to the shit. Street Fighter V. Man, input lag reduction. Um... I uh, I don't think I'm going to spend too much time on this one. I mean, um I did I did play around with it. I haven't really gotten to play online. I didn't really have much time, but I did play offline. Now, first and foremost, keep in mind, guys, that the net code of this game is still ass, okay? That's very important because that needs to be fixed as well. This input lag reduction is more so beneficial to offline play, which is why I focus mostly on offline play. And let me tell you, um, some people think it's a placebo, and some people are like, no, yo, I'm really truly blocking these overheads. I'm really truly able to walk up and block. I'm really truly whiff punishing. For me... I I gotta say, I mean, I was, I it felt good. I mean, I've never been the best Street Fighter V, specifically Street Fighter V player, but uh, I can say it felt, it felt right. I mean, obviously I noticed the input lag before, and this does feel good. I will say it feels good. Like, for me, it wasn't, see, the thing is, the reason why it's extremely difficult for me is because... When I whiff punish something, I don't know if I can't. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, it's that's because of the input lag. Because before this patch, sometimes I would whiff punish, sometimes I wouldn't. I was never one of the ones who were, even though sometimes it's more obvious than others, for the most part, because of because I'm a, a maybe slightly above intermediate player at the game, not a big boy advanced up there player. I was never one to go like, oh man, I 
If it wasn't for the input lag, I probably would have blocked that overhead. You know, I just, I, sometimes I blocked, sometimes I didn't. I could never tell whether it was my skill or lack thereof or whether it was input lag, you know, or maybe a weird combination of both. But nonetheless, I will say it felt good, okay? So for the specifics, guys, on the PS4 version, we're down to, I think, like 4.16 um, frames of input now from where it was before, which was at like 5-something, I believe. And, okay, now I have to explain the, the input lag variant. So we're at a 77% stability uh, change. So basically, let me explain to you guys what this means. So what this means is before what would happen is not only was there input lag in Street Fighter V, but there was variable input lag, which was almost even worse. So what that means is the amount of input lag was not a stable number. It was at five point something with a 40% stability rate. So what that meant is that 40% of the time, you had the proper input lag that the game was supposed to have, which was like five point something frames. However, 60% of the time, the amount of input lag would not be that number. So you would press a button, and 60% of the time, you don't know when that button's actually coming out because it would be five, then it would be six, then it would be seven, literally. So 60% of the time, it wasn't five point something. It was like six point something or seven point something. And that's terrible. Because not only do you have input lag, you have you don't know how much input lag you're going to have 60% of the time. Now, we have less input lag and... um, It's 77% stable. Now, that's still not uh you know that good but it's it's way better than 40%, okay? That means now only what 23% of the time now we're going to have some variable input lag. Um 4.16 I think are the, is the number and I think that's I think we're less now, less than Tekken 7, less than KOF 14. Um, you know, less than some other games, actually. Around the same amount, though. Don't think it's, like, jumping out the window. Like, the other ones are, you know, um, less than Dragon Ball Fighters even. But those other ones aren't that bad either. Don't don't go thinking that they have terrible input lag. Input lag is, is put into the game on purpose um, for, for, like, sometimes for online play, especially games that use rollback. I mean, not rollback, for delay-based netcode, like Tekken 7. Um, so Tekken and Namco games, because Soul Calibur 6 has it as well, they use delay-based netcode, so they have input lag to try to balance out the online play. For rollback GGPO games, it's not really necessary. Um, it's just in the game because I, I don't think it's possible to not have input lag in a game. I mean, that's, that's kind of... The idea, though, is to make it the least amount possible so that it's a good experience for the player. This type of stuff is important in fighting games because at high-level play, you need to be able to properly block and with punish, so on and so forth. So that's why it's so important. And... You know, so we're, you know, it's less than Tekken 7, less than Dragon Ball and KOF 14, but those games are around four point something as well, though. Um, so they're, they're okay. And they never had a variable input lag problem or an input lag problem to begin with, like Street Fighter does. They were never eight frames, then six, then five. 
So, you know, um, so yeah. And let's talk about now the PC version. Okay, now this is where everybody's celebrating. <laughs> the good old PC version, okay, <clears throat> is at a whopping, I think, three point something, like three point nine or three point it's something like that. Crazy, crazy. Because Ultra Street Fighter 4 on the PC was 4.6 or 4.06 or something like that. Some crazy, crazy low number. Lower than what Street Fighter 5 is on the PS4. But this amount of input lag, this amount is at 3 point something. So lower than Ultra Street Fighter 4. And, and it has a 95% stability rate. So damn near almost there. So that means only 5% of the time it might shift to like 4 or 5 or some shit like that. That's ridiculous. And it brought up the joke, right? Because I was asking, I was doing this as well. And it brought up the joke online. Yo, does this mean they're going to start using the PC version for tournaments? And um, I saw this, you know, like a lot, like online on like different like forums and on people's videos and shit like that. Cause, and it's so funny that, you know, cause I, I, that was one of the first, when I, when I was first reading the notes for the patch and whatnot, I was asking myself this too, but as a joke in my mind, I didn't think people would actually consider or acknowledge it, but no, people were saying like, yo, PC version is going to be used for tournaments, but no guys, it is extremely difficult to run a tournament um on a pc because the thing about fighting games on pc or games on pc in general you have like uh, the thing about consoles is you just put the game in and you 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 play now it's a little more crazy because yeah you have the joystick setup and you got the the player one player two with individual profiles i must be old because i'm i'm 27 and even I, even I'm like, even I say to myself, and when, when the PS4 first came out and we first started watching tournaments on PS4 and people were having complications with like, you know, joysticks or, or people were, you know, oh man, what profile do I use and shit like that. And I'm only 20 fucking seven. And even I was saying to myself, man, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't there a time where like, I plug my 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 fight stick or my controller into one port. You plug yours into the other, and we were playing. You know, I was talking to my homies like, "Yo, I'm pretty sure there was a time where like I plug my controller in one port. You plug your controller in the other port, and we're playing." Now it's it's anyway. So, but there there's that, but it's nowhere near as complicated as what it is with PC because with PC, there's a thousand compatibility issues. Okay. With different fight sticks. Um, you know, you gotta in the P okay, so you know how like on the in on the console when you start a game up, you can set your buttons in the game and that's it. Well with PC, even if you manage to bypass those compatibility issues, because you have to install drivers for everybody's different fight stick, then some fight sticks, not only do you have to map the buttons in-game, but you have to go to, like, uh, an interface for that fight stick, and you have to set up your buttons there as well. Because, basically, if you guys don't know, there's precedence for this stuff. Like, they've tried to do tournaments on PC and stuff, and holy shit, 
And also, if you don't know, like, try to watch some of the tournaments where they use, like, an emulator or something like that for, like, an old game. It's um, it's crazy. So, that's, you know, it, it, everybody has to set their buttons up differently. Everybody, you got to reconfigure fight sticks every single time. So, no, guys. E e yes, it's dope, super dope that the PC version has less uh, input lag and more stability. But they're going to, you know, they're going to... The PS4 is still going to be tournament standard just because of the simplicity of simply, you know, plug in and play almost basically and starting up the game and just playing. There's no random updates from uh, an OS, you know, or you don't have to worry about there being a thousand things running in the background that you didn't know were running. So the game has slowed down, um, you know, even even like um, I was watching an Arcana Heart 3 Love Max Six Stars tournament and that shit kept happening. Where like it was shit running in the background automatically they didn't know and they were like, yo, the game is slowing down. They had to it was one point it got so bad they had to switch computers. They had to switch PCs and it's like, yo, this shit is like crazy. You know, so no guys, they're not going to be using the PC version. It's gonna be PS4 tournament standard and that's gonna stay that. Um, but it is super dope though. Like, what does this mean? I mean, like I said, some people think it's a placebo, but some people are saying no. Shout outs to Capcom for fucking once, by the way. This was a success and I do see more people happy than I see more people saying no. I'm telling y'all it's a placebo. Um, like I said, I can't, I, I can't tell for sure, for sure, but all I know is it did feel good. I was with punishing, blocking overhead, so on and so all that shit. We're walking up and blocking, um, doing combos consistently. But like I said, even before the patch, this was stuff that, you know, just I'm an intermediate player, so I can't. This is stuff that I never personally blamed on input lag. You know, I always just thought it was my skill or lack thereof. But it does feel good. And I'm I'm just happy to see people happy with Street Fighter Five, man, because uh, rough out here. It's rough out here for Street Fighter Five. <laughs> I hope now that in Season 4 they go after the netcode and also just make that game better to play. Because I've had this conversation a thousand times on this podcast and I'm kind of bored of Street Fighter Five. G got me interested for a bit, but that didn't do it enough. Every second that I spend playing that game, I'm thinking, yo, I could be playing Dragon Ball Fighters. I could be playing KOF 14. And now I could be playing Soul Calibur 6. And what a great segue to take us into the next thing we're going to talk about. Let's talk about some goddamn Soul Calibur 6. Okay, goddamn it. Soul Calibur 6. My most anticipated game of 2018. <sighs> now, Soul Calibur third favorite fighting game franchise of all time six years yes six years okay ain't nobody talking about that goddamn stupid free to play bullshit we don't acknowledge that okay we will speak no more of it so yeah six years okay actually to be honest like six and a half almost seven years really because i think so caliber five came out in like january of 2012 or some shit like that but nonetheless Six plus years, and it's finally here. All right? Was it worth the wait? 
yes, it was definitely worth the wait. Let's talk about the pre-release circuit, since I didn't really cover any a lot of these tournaments. Because I started FG Central with EVO, and um, the pre-release circuit for this game actually started with Final Round, actually. Um, I, I believe. Okay, every now... Well, basically for a while now, since later last gen, when um, a fighting game is announced, they will do like kind of like this. And this is not like an official name. I'm, I'm kind of dubbing this name, sort of, kind of. They do a pre-release circuit for a lot of these games. Street Fighter V had one. I remember seeing playable builds of Ultra Street Fighter IV. Um, you know, um, but yeah, the first one I remember seeing a full one, though, for is Street Fighter V. It was E3, Evo, SCR. Street Fighter V was quite a few places where they would have just little mini tournaments, sometimes single limbs, sometimes they'll go all out with the double limbs. And basically, you know, just, you know, just so that the pro players can get a feel for the game. And also, it's it's free testing for the game, but also free, like, a, another way to promote it, right? Because a lot of people watch these streams. So, so yeah, it's like a free way to promote the game, almost. But never have I seen such an amazing pre-release circuit for a game, okay? Um... Final round was awesome. Uh, the um, was there one at NCR? I don't remember. Texas Showdown had one that was awesome. They did uh, um, I believe CEO had something, but Combo Breaker. They did an auction tournament that was pretty awesome. Of course, Evo had one with an amazing top eight. Who took that one? I don't remember right now who took the Evo one. Um, I don't think it was Signia. I do know that Signia, I um, Signia took uh, SCR. Um, it had to be SCR. Yeah, Signia took SCR. East Coast Throwdown, I think, was the weekend before the game came out as well. Actually, um, so yeah. Um, and they, they had a tournament there, so technically that counts as the pre-release circuit. But the two ones I remember the most are Los Angeles' and New York's Ring Out events. Basically, these were events specifically for Soul Calibur, and you had people coming from all over the world. Okay, Kayane was at the LA one, or it was, was it LA? Or was it the New York one? She was at one of the two Ring Out events, probably both of them, knowing her. Um... And, of course, she performs, you know, very well at these things. Um, and um, Signia, uh, L.I. Joe, you know, getting into some Soul Calibur, um, Party Wolf, uh, Crazy CD, Tomahawk, um, all these guys. Um, like, just basically all the top players, um, No Face Killer. I mean, I could go on for days because all of these guys were there. Um, you know, enjoying, you know, the, uh, the, some Soul Calibur. And of course your big boys, um, Aries is there. Um, you know, so yeah. Um, Rickster, I believe, um, just a lot, a lot of these guys all just coming out to play some Soul Calibur. But 
the hype was so big for me in addition to the fact that I love the series because of the pre-release circuit. Every tournament was hype, every exhibition, every team match. This was probably like I said the best cuz I don't remember seeing much Dragon Ball Fighters in tournament pre-release circuits and that's probably mostly cuz we got to play the game a decent amount with the betas closed and open. Um uh, Marvel Infinite had a pretty decent one but it was nowhere near this. This pre-release circuit was was super great and now i just can't wait to see the actual circuit for this game at tournaments so i've been looking online for online soul caliber tournaments for soul caliber 6 not finding a lot mostly offline like this game is getting a lot of lot of coverage offline um a lot of love but um not a lot of online tournaments like i found one but it was using the xbox one version um, but it had a lot of attendees, and um, I have the PS4 version, so I couldn't attend that one. Um, I couldn't participate. But now, um, let's talk about the actual game. But basically, to wrap that up, the pre-release circuit was just super awesome. Got me super hyped. And the beta. Um, I don't remember if I did an episode on the beta. I think I was supposed to, and I didn't. But we're past that. I enjoyed the beta thoroughly. And yeah. And now the game is here. So, where do we start? Let's start with the game as a whole. And then we'll get into details. Things I love, things I hate, characters, modes, everything. Okay? Pardon me for a second. <coughs> okay. The game as a whole is great. It feels great. It's beautiful. The game is gorgeous. It sounds good. The music is awesome. It, it kind of booms and it has that really loud, like epic feel with the orchestral um, pieces that are, are here. The compositions are great. Um, there's some familiar stuff in there and some new stuff. Okay. The voice acting is hit or miss. Okay. I, I can't. I don't. I haven't heard any of like the Japanese uh, voice acting. Um. I, I do believe there is Japanese voice acting, only the English ones, and it's hit or miss. But let me tell you something more good than bad, okay? Uh, I know people like to exaggerate and jump out the window when it comes to voice acting. No, it's more good than bad. Like, we're talking literally 80, 20, 85, 15 at the most, okay? More good than bad, okay? Um, what else? It feels good. The movement. Oh, I'm so glad 8-Way Run is like feels good again. I'm so glad it's fast. Doesn't feel like the characters have cinder blocks, you know, on their legs and they they move great. You feel free, okay? Uh I don't remember if it's as free as uh the games of old. I'm talking about Soul Calibur 2 specifically and Soul Calibur 1. No 8-ray run felt good in Soul Calibur 1 as well. I don't remember if it feels as good as those, but it feels damn good. Like, maybe not Soul Calibur 2 good, maybe better than 1, not better than 2, but it feels damn good to move around in this game, okay? Um, you know, uh, what else? I mean, I'm not going to talk about online yet. We'll talk about that when we talk about modes. Um, like I said, it feels good. It plays well. It's fun. Every but This is one of those games, and maybe this is this might be stronger for me because I've played every game in the franchise, and, and I, I love this franchise so much. Every character's fun in some way, shape, or form, okay? Every character's fun in some way, shape, or form. The game is just fun, okay? And one, and now, before I get into detail, um, 
one of my favorite things about this game is something that Tekken 7 got wrong and this game got right. And this is one of the best things that really makes this game shine for me. There's actually shit to do in the game, okay? I don't know if I've said this complaint on this podcast. I love Tekken 7 a lot. I love that game. The gameplay feels great and it's fun. There's a huge problem with Tekken 7 in that it has some great gameplay, but there's nothing to do with it unless you want to go online all day. There's nothing to do. It has a non-re it has a story mode with no replay value. And even if you do want to beat it on 10 stars, there's no point because everything that you get for beating that on 10 stars, you will eventually unlock after 2000 matches, which I like to be honest, but at the same time, when you do play 2000 matches and you unlock everything cuz that's what happens, you unlock everything automatically, it does make treasure battle useless and a lot of other things that you would do in the game useless. Arcade mode is short and ridiculous and yeah so unless you want to go online all day there's nothing to do in Tekken 7 no modes and Tekken bowling is it gets born after a while with no online play let me just mention this even though this is not about Tekken let me mention this real quick I just realized something Tekken bowling not having online is ridiculous for a couple reasons one because you could have ranked mode, which is 1v1. And I know, make sure there's a punishment for rage quitting. Because you can people rage quit in fights, you know they're going to rage quit in bowling. Because sometimes in those bowling modes, you can clearly see when you're not going to win. So make sure there's clear penalties. And I'm talking about strong ones. Because like not getting points or getting some kind of thing. Or maybe you can only play other rage quitters. That's a big one. Or... Literally just banning people from playing online for like 24 hours or something. But nonetheless, but this is the best part. Lobbies, lobbies, okay? Lobbies in tech and bowling mode would make perfect fucking sense because it would be like an actual match. Six players going taking turns and, you know, so on and so forth, like an actual bowling arena. Lobbies would be perfect for that mode, so online should have been there because ranked would be one on one, and lobbies would be perfect because you enter lobby you know it's it's bowling so anyway, nonetheless, I just kind of thought about that back to soul caliber now let's get into the specifics Libra of souls, okay let's talk about the modes now, Libra of souls. Um, I haven't finished Libra of Souls yet. I actually didn't want to talk about it until I finished it, but it's going to take a while because it is very RPG-ish. I read online that it takes about 10 hours and about 15 if you want to 100% it. Um, Because I'm also balancing Libra of Souls with playing online, um, you know... It it is hard to finish. I mean, I'm glad that there's actually shit to do in this game besides play online. Because I like playing online, but I like having a nice amount of offline and online uh, balance. So, Libra of Souls is, is fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Now, I had this talk with you guys a while back where I told you how much I love creative modes in my fighting games. I'm pretty sure I've talked about that on here before. 
And Libra of Souls is basically that in this game. It's a creative way. It's a creative take on fighting games. It's basically for those of you who haven't played the game yet. Um, it's it's a fighting game, but it's with an RPG element. So what you do is you create a character. Yes, this game has that in a decent amount of detail for your created character as well. You can go into a decent amount of detail. And you go on the adventure that intertwines with the regular story mode, which we'll talk about next. And um, you go on an adventure with that character. And it's basically, you don't actually walk around. It's not like a tech and force mode or anything. You don't, or an actual RPG. It's basically through, you use the cursor on this map. And you're basically going through a series of missions to go through this, to progress through the story. And it does allow you a little more freedom a little later on, but we'll get to that in a sec. And you you basically fight other characters, but each match, almost all of them, have uh, speculations to them. So it'll be like your opponent does more damage, or the stage is slippery, or you know, um, you know, low attacks do more damage, and you know, stuff like that. It'll be every match has like a, there's a bunch of them, but there's these little stipulations. And you have to get through it that way. You level up. You can also put on stronger weapons. Um, and there's different items that you don't necessarily use them. They kind of automatically assist you um, in battle, basically. That you'll get in, um, you know, to help you like in battle and whatnot. And there's shops you can go to. There's also... Uh, Basically, in, in, in later in the game, you'll get the ability, not that far along the line, to explore areas. And basically, you can move around the map a little freely and go do little side missions. And basically, when you're on your way to another destination, you can get attacked and you got to defend yourself while you're on your way to, you know, doing a side mission or something like that. Pretty dope take. It is pretty fun. You can custom. You don't have to stick to one style of character. You can actually change to you know your character style. Basically, your style is what character your created character is fighting like. Basically, you can change their clothes at any point. Um, there you can. I mean, you have a lot of freedom, basically. So, you know, there are there are very. Few cutscenes. There are some cutscenes, but the, it's mostly told in like still picture type of thing. Okay, very, very, very fun mode. Okay, now um, Soul Chronicle. That's your basic story mode. So it the first chapter or the first option of this is the Chronicle of the Soul. This follows Keelix, Shangwa, and Maxi. Though they do also have their own individual story modes as well. Um, you go through that and then you can you can go through each individual character's story mode. What were they doing during the events of the story? And you'll actually notice that it does intertwine or Libra of Soul actually intertwines with this story mode as well. So there's two separate story modes. That's pretty damn dope. I don't know if it's the first game to, to, to have that take. Um, but it's pretty dope that there's two options there. Then you have creation. That's your create a character mode. You can create a unique character, which is still based on a style of another character, of course. Or you can just customize an already existing character. And to be able to take that ugly-ass mask off Taki's face was one of the first orders of business for me, okay? I do main Taki in these games, and we're going to talk about her a little bit later, okay? But to be able to take that mask off her face was just one of the first orders of business. It's so ugly. 
that mask is just looks terrible. So to be able to take that shit off is one of the first orders of business. Okay. Um, and you can take these characters, you can play them offline, but you can also take them online, which is super fucking awesome. So there's that. Then there's network online. Let's go ahead and get this out of the way. The gameplay is great online. Um, you can, you have a pretty decent amount of options, basically the same ones you had in the beta, um, all regions, some regions, and, and you have connection options. So, um, you can, you know, I put it on all regions, any just to try to get more matches, but you are going to run into the occasional laggy ass or stuttery match. But to be honest with you, I'm batting like out of every 10 matches. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm at this point, I'm batting like nine out of 10. Uh, maybe some days it's been an eight, but I'm batting like nine out of 10. Every 10 matches, I'm getting like nine good, one bad. I mean, I've, doing pretty decent um so just imagine when i decide you know what there's a lot of people playing this game let's do same region and stick to other good connections to see how many matches i get um or if i get more matches but from what i from other people they're saying the same thing they're saying you have to you have to take the limit off at least one of them either put all regions but some people saying it's better to put same region and just go to any connection and you'll get more matches um, because playing somebody of the other side of the world is, a, is is like never good in any game, even with good net code. So, you know, um, casual uh, matches, and that was for ranked matches. Casual matches is your standard lobbies. I have played those as well. I mean, those, I mean, I find way better players in those. Um, um, the Ranked has some good players because a lot of these guys are legacy players. And since the game just came out, everybody's in earlier ranks. So, um, but in casual match, oh man, I've, I've gotten better at the game just from getting my ass whooped so much in casual match. Okay. Um, you can also view your replays, at least ranked match replays. I don't think you can save casual. I don't think the game saves casual match replays and you can check your rankings. Okay. Um, while I'm talking about online, let's get a couple things out. So the ranking system, it basically, you rank up the characters individually. I don't know if you have to start at zero points for each character. I think the points are player specific, but the letter number rankings are character specific. And how this works is you have to take each character to S1. And boy, is that going to be tough. They basically made it so that you can't get online and grind out your characters. Even to be honest, in day three, I think it was day three, Sunday, that I checked the rankings. The highest ranked player in the world was only on E3. Okay, and that was day three. He was only on E3. Because how the rankings work is you start at G5. And then you literally have to go G5 to G4 to G3 to G2 to G1. Then you go F5 to F4 to F3 to F2 to F1. E5, 4, 3, 2, 1. D, C, B, A, and finally S. And from what I hear, when even when you get up to the E's, the amount of points from one rank to another is ridiculous. Like, you, there's like, there starts to be like a 7,000 point difference in the amount of points that you need. And then, if you, um, and lower ranks, you don't lose points for losing. It's not like Street Fighter V. You don't lose points for losing in lower ranks. But from what I hear, 
eventually you do start to lose points. So it makes it even harder. So they made it where, because I, I guess in Soul Calibur 5, 4, and 5, people were really grinding that rank out, getting to the top of the ranks in like one and two days and shit. And they basically made it so that you cannot get online and grind out your rank in one day in this game. It's not happening. So I like it. I'm going to be honest. I like it. I I I I thoroughly like the ranking system. Now, let's talk about Taki real quick, just so I don't forget, okay? All the characters in this game are fun, but let's talk about high level real quick, or, you know, playing characters at a higher level. It's going to be rough. Taki is... I'm not giving up on her. I still use her, and once again, um, I'm going to do a little cross-promote here, which I actually thought I wouldn't have to do because I didn't really want to do it but in my world it's the name of the YouTube channel and you can go watch my Taki matches I started uploading some ranked matches there are two videos so far since the game's release um and I have a third one coming hopefully Friday but we'll see so Taki is a good character in a game full of great characters and I'm talking specifically not casual wise I'm talking specifically high level play it's a struggle with her. She doesn't have a lot of tools to deal with damn near every character in the game. Every character in the game out neutrals her, has more damage. They have, and I know this is going to sound bad, but trust me, it's not. They simply have more gimmicks than she does. When you're in the early meta of any fighting game, it's very gimmick heavy. And unless the Ivy player, for example, is not as good as you are at Soul Calibur, you're not winning any Ivy matches. Like, Ivy's gimmicks out just outdo Taki. Every time I get around on an Ivy player or even a game, it was just because they literally kept guessing wrong on certain shit. But Taki has a hard time getting in on characters. And she doesn't really have anything gimmicky. Now, maybe later in the meta... Maybe somebody will find something, and that's what I'm hoping. Like, hopefully Tomahawk, you know, sticks with her now that the game is out. I don't know. Maybe he might, you know, go to somebody else. But, you know, hopefully, like, Flo or Tomahawk or somebody finds something because I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. And I will always make sure I say that. You know, I will never say, you know, it's her fully. I will always say, I will always take into consideration, guys, that maybe it's just me. But I'm not seeing it. Um, Taki has issues, you know, uh, I, I just, I feel like right now in this early meta where people are relying on gimmicks, um, and, and once again, I don't mean that in a bad way. I, that's literally the early meta of every, that's month one and month two of pretty much every fighting game. Like, let me tell you exactly what I mean by gimmicks, guys. Remember when Street Fighter V came out? Nakali is a frame trap monster. And when Street Fighter V first came out, not everybody knew about Nikali's bullshit, that a lot of his shit was not real. It was like frame trap type shit. And players like Haitani and other people that played him were getting that shit off on everybody. That's what I mean by gimmick. Like some kind of early meta thing that not a lot of people know that's going to work month one and two like, like uh, Nikali's frame trap abilities did back in early Street Fighter Five days in season one, like when the game first came out. But after a month or two, it was like, oh, okay, nah, that shit's not real, homie. 
every character in this game, literally, maybe, maybe not Song Mina, but I haven't really seen her at high level. Every character in this game has like gimmicks right now. And Taki really doesn't. A lot of her pressure is fake, but everybody knows that already because it's always been fake. Possession, possession stance can't, you can't cancel possession. And, you know, because I guess they thought that would be too broken. They gave her a fireball, but it's a risky fireball because that's only going to work once, not even per match. That fireball uh, gimmick shit is literally going to work on a good player once per set because they're they're not going to fall for that twice. Not to mention, she unless you go into, it's still risky because uh, she rushes in. Which unless you press unless you make a decision quick, they'll 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 hit you out of it when she rushes in. Your only other option is to go into possession, which is also risky. Because you can't cancel out of possession stance. So it it's rough right now for Taki. I haven't given up on her. I play her online. I've ranked her up a couple times. Um well I've ranked her up three times already. And I'm 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 doing it, but it's it's rough. I am gonna be learning other characters. This is Soul Calibur, so this is one of those games, guys, where like that are alive, like Arcana Heart, like games that I really love, where I play every character. I learn every character to some extent, obviously. I don't master like I'm never gonna probably learn another character to the level that I know Taki, but unless it's maybe like Song Mina or somebody, but. I am going to learn every character to at least an intermediate level. That's just how much I love Soul Calibur. And all the characters are fun. I pretty much damn near played them all at this point. And man, they're all fun. Okay? They're all fun. Okay, Maxi, who in previous games, I was never that interested in. Like, I played him, of course, but I was never that interested in the boy Maxi. But um, in this game, man, not only is Maxi really good, but he is just fun. Like, I've never had this much interest um fucking um inferno he's broken inferno might be broken as fuck okay unlockable character by the way he might be broken as fuck okay there is a slight issue with the fact that tara's dlc but she's in the game um you can actually play against her in like arcade mode and shit that's really weird but it was day one dlc so ha <sighs> But Tira's dope. I mean, another character that I really like. Um, you know, she's dope. Um, but yeah, Taki, man, it's it's gonna be rough. Okay, so you have battle, which is basically your versus mode. Um, you can play against the computer in this game if you want, if you if you like that type of stuff. Um, you can play against other players as well, of course, obviously. Um, you have four difficulties for your uh, versus CPU and arcade modes because arcade mode is also there in battle. Um, you have easy, normal, hard, and very hard. So, um, you know, I mean, those are your basic modes. Arcade is eight matches. Nightmare is the boss. Uh, that might have been... I don't think that's a spoiler. Um, but yeah, Nightmare is the boss. Um, I think for everybody, maybe it's not a spoiler. Maybe he's not the boss for everybody. I've only played arcade mode with le less than half the cast. So, um, in arcade mode, it's not score based. They don't keep a score. You're basically, it's like arcade slash time attack. So basically on every difficulty, there's three times to beat. And if you beat, you get a different medal depending on 
which time you beat. And no matter if you don't beat any of those times. So that's how that works. And then, of course, last but not least, you have your training mode. Training mode is pretty decent. You can actually like tech and you can view all of the moves to see how they should look. Um, you have a bunch of options. You can even practice reversal edge, which, oh, by the way, oh, we're going to have a long talk about reversal edge. So be ready for that. Um, but yeah, training mode has, uh, you know, a bunch of different options. Um, you, it's pretty, it's pretty damn, it's a damn good training mode. It's, it's what you would expect. It's a damn good training mode. Okay. You have a museum, pardon me, <coughs> in the museum. You, you know, I mean, it's what you would expect. You can see the character's profiles. You can see historical things. I do believe you unlock stuff for the museum through the story modes. And that you can actually view uh, even weapon information about their weapons. It's a pretty in-depth mode. I mean, I'm going to be honest, guys. I And maybe it's a vision thing because I can't enjoy most of this stuff because a lot of it's visual. I've never gone crazy for the gallery modes in these games. Like I've never really been the type. Oh my god. I, I hope the gallery is in depth. I know people like it. And I know why they like it. And there are some games where I do think it's pretty dope. But I've never. It's never been something I've gone crazy for. But the fact that it's there is great. And that's pretty much all your modes. I mean of course options. You know they got the PlayStation Store in game. But that's most games now. So you can just have a quick way to go. And, you know, get your DLC. But I don't think I'm leaving anything out. So, as you guys can see, I fucking love the game. It's so fun. I can't wait to play it more. I, I find myself just playing and playing and playing it. Um, online is great. There's a, a ton of things to do offline. Uh, I just love the game. Now let's talk about... Let me see. Okay. Where do I start with this? Um, critical, let's talk about stuff that, like, I've heard people talk about. And I'm going to save the one big one for last. Critical edge being one button is not a big deal for me. Um, a lot of people like to use their meter for soul charge. Every character in this game gets a whole bunch of bullshit in soul charge, okay? That's just the way it is. I like soul charge. I just like the fact that every character gets access to a whole bunch of bullshit. That's what I call it, okay? I love that shit, okay? Break attacks are there. Guard impact is not tied to meter anymore. Thank fucking God. Um, for those of you who might not know, though, don't just go spamming out guard pack just garden pack just because it's not tied to meter. Um, if you whiff a garden pack, there is punishment. So you have a guard gauge in this game that can be broken once it's really low by a strong attack. Every time you whiff guard impact, your guard you take damage to your guard gauge. So um, if you keep whiffing guard impact, you will have your guard broken, and that's free damage for your opponent so be careful with your guard impacts okay just because it's not tied to meter anymore doesn't mean you can just go whiffing it out okay um throws in this game um it's uh like like nrs games basically now it's a 50 50 basically you have four throw you have a regular throw and you have back throws okay regular throws you can break with any attack button but the back throw you do have to break it with back in an attack button okay so you have to guess on the throws Okay, so that's how throws are. And last but not least, let's get to the shit. My least favorite mechanic probably in any fighting game. Yes, even worse than Danger Time. Because Danger Time, I don't see it happening as much. Okay, because it is random. And yeah, Reversal Edge. 
I don't know if I ever learned to love Reversal Edge because it's really not as bad as I thought it was going to be in the beta. But do you guys have you guys ever called something and just said, I hope I'm wrong about this and it turns out to be right. But you didn't want to be right. Let's talk about single player for a bit. And this nobody else talks about this because a lot of people don't play these games for single player. But I do as well as multiplayer. I enjoy both aspects. One of the main things I said to myself, I said, Reversal Ledge, I guarantee you, okay? And, and you know, first let me explain what Reversal Ledge is. So there's a mechanic in this game where it's an armored move where if you use this move, you can absorb a hit, but you can also use it offensively, which is really weird. But you, you basically... Um, it, it clashes into a cinematic uh, type of thing that gives you into a rock, paper, scissors scenario. But it's more than just rock, paper, scissors because you have a ton of options. Basically, you and your opponent make a decision. You can either you vertical attack, a horizontal attack, a kick, a guard, a sidestep, a forward dash, or a back dash. You have all these options. And... Every option is beaten by another option. B, or your vertical attack blows up quite a few things. Your horizontal attack will blow them up if they try to sidestep. Um, you know, all type of things of that nature. So it basically takes you into a rock, paper, scissors style format. And there's two rounds to this. Unless, um, if you block like a... If you block an attack that can be blocked, like if you choose to guard and you block like an, uh, a, a horizontal attack, for example, that actually will stop the reversal edge uh, clash and then it won't go into the second round. If you clash once, like if both of you choose the same attack, on the second round there will be a winner. So even if you clash twice and you do the same attack twice, the person who initiated the reversal edge will win the clash. Okay? Um, reversal edge can be stopped by uh, break attacks and it can also be stopped by unblockables easier said than done for the unblockables though it can be sidestepped because they're all vertical attacks thank god but once again until you get used to it easier said than done um, people say it's not abusable I, I agree to an extent um, I've seen people throw it out way too much for my taste, um, but that's rare. I mean, that's only happened to me twice online where I feel like people have blown it up. But my here's the first issue I had with this mechanic, and I didn't want to be right, and I think I turned out to be right. I said, well, if it's a rock, paper, scissors, and it's based on making decisions, I guarantee you on higher difficulties, the AI is going to abuse the fuck out of because, see, the AI knows when to throw out a reversal edge. And it, once again, it's the AI. So it's going to throw it out at a time where they know it's either difficult or they know you're not going to be able to sidestep it or try to use an attack through it. And because it's the AI, if the AI wants to win the reversal edge, they will make the proper decision. And let me goddamn tell you. On higher difficulties and harder matches in like uh, Libra of Souls and shit like that. They abuse the fuck out of Reversal Edge. Especially if they want to kill you with it. If they need some way to kill you. 
Like if you're doing really good and you might win the round, they'll throw it out and they will make sure they win so that they can kill you. If you have a life lead and they need to regain the life lead, reversal edge is the way they do it. The AI on higher difficulties abuses the shit out of this. And this is something I was saying when the game, before the game came out. I was like, I hope I'm wrong. Because I the reason why that crossed my mind was because it's a guess. And the AI, of course, being that it has to input read, will make the right decision. Now, as far from a multiplayer standpoint, there are many ways to blow up reversal edge. You just got to get used to it. I still don't like the mechanic. But I will say that I my hatred for it has died down a bit. I don't think I'll ever learn to love it. But, um, <coughs> you know, against the AI, it's one thing to have rounds stolen from you. Online, it, you do get a little salty when you have low health and the person manages to land a reversal edge and they win and they take the round that way. Um, when you both had low health or when, when, you, when you know you could have, you know, when the life lead isn't that significant and you know you could have taken it. But, you know... They did it because they knew they didn't really have much to lose. Um, you know, I don't use it. And maybe that's my fault. I don't use it because I don't like it. I do. You want to know what I do like about Reversal Edge, though? I don't know if this was intentional or not. I'm pretty sure it was now. I do like... You got to give people props for creativity. I do like that they implement a character's fighting style into their Reversal Edge options. Let me give you an example. It, it, a couple of people found this already. Early, early people found this. Astaroth is the ring out king. Astaroth can ring you out from so many different points of the stage, man. You gotta be careful. They, they incorporated that into his reversal edge. And that shit is awesome. If you lose a B, if Astaroth lands a, a vertical attack on reversal edge, and you are... Um, the ring out is like half screen away. Your ass is getting rung out. He rings you out. Basically, he tosses you halfway across the stage. And if you if the ring out's in that distance, you're getting rung out. If he catches you with a vertical, it's so dope. Like that, I I do like that they incorporated like their fighting styles into the reversal edge, which I'm pretty sure was intentionally done. Um, because it's kind of like their same moves, basically. In a way. So that was pretty dope. Um, I'm learning. We're not learning to love it. I don't think I ever will. I'm getting used to blowing it up. I'm getting better at that. It still frustrates me. It's still a mechanic that I don't like. If you guys don't know why they put it into the game. For basically a couple reasons. It does help beginner players out. Um, But they one of the main reasons they put it. Was to for the cinematic aspect. Um, They want you to use reversal ads. That's why you get meter. Um, for attacks that you do in Reversal Edge. If you land them, I believe, you get meter. They want to encourage you to use it. They want it to be flashy. Like, it's flashy, it's cinematic, and it is really pretty. The The clashes do look nice and all that. But, you know, I just don't really like it at high level. Um, I don't see a lot of high level people using it. I Once again, though, it's not, you know, I... I, I, I 
I can't really knock them for putting it in there for the cinematic aspect. That's why the slow-mo thing is in tech, and I like that a lot better for the hype moments. Um, they wanted this to be something similar. I just hate it with, you know, because of the whole thing with the AI, which I, once again, I didn't want to be right about that, but I ended up being right about it. And uh, I've only read into like two, like I said, people online that I felt like just kept doing it and doing it and doing it well. Like there was LL Cool J and some shit, or they was Nike just doing, just do it, whatever. They just kept doing it and it was really annoying. Um, and this was early. This was day, and that's probably why, because this was like day one and two when that was happening. Um, so... I wasn't used to blowing it up yet because, you know, the game had just come out. I wasn't used. I'm getting used to blowing it up, you know, and things of that nature. So I don't hate it as much. OK, um, but I don't think I ever learned to love it. I still dislike it. I still kind of hate it. <laughs> um, it's a mechanic that I feel the game could do without, but it exists for its reasons. And they made sure, you know, that they gave you a way to deal with it so that it wasn't abusable. And that's that. Uh, you just gotta you gotta take it or leave it. So there you have it. My thoughts on Soul Calibur Six. You guys can see I fucking love the game. I love everything about the game, probably except Reversal Ledger. It looks great, sounds great, every character's fun. My main has some issues, but she's still fun to play, which is really important to me at the end of the day. Um you know, goddamn, there's stuff to do online and offline, training modes good. Libra of Souls gives you a lot of content to play through. It's that great, great, unique mode to, to a fighting game. And I love those. The character creation's pretty good. And I'm, I mean, I'm, that once again, that's another thing that I know a lot of people love that doesn't... Uh, it's not my favorite thing. Like, I, I don't go crazy for it, but I know a lot of people love it. And I can see why. I, I do, you know, some of the creations that I've seen online have been pretty interesting. Um, You know... And it is better than Tekken 7's bullshit customization mode. So, you know, um, hey, you know, um, I do enjoy the character creation. I try not to spend too much time with it. With my vision, it takes me a little longer to uh, create a character than it would anybody else. And that already, you can already spend a long time in there because how detailed it is. So not my favorite thing, but it is really good. And, and I've made a couple of them and messed around with it. And I like the results. So, man... God damn, I love this game. So, there you guys go. I will see you guys this weekend for coverage on Canada Cup. Alright? So, peace world at FG Central one on Twitter. Thank you guys for following. All the ones who you following and supporting. Keep listening. And with that, peace.